0: This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host Jason Glick. Hey, host Jason Glick. What's going on? Oh man, it's like we're like we're getting to like like a temperature spike right now. It's like and just when things look like they're cooling off, it's like oh my God, it's like it's summer all over again. Oh Jesus Christ, man, what's going on? That's right, oh, God. That's right. Hell on earth for another. Yeah, I think that it's just going to be warm here for another monthly uh, through October. Absolutely, I'm just what it feels like. It's one of those um, coming again. So, so what do you have on tap for us tonight? Okay, something absolutely cooler. I am talking about um, a, a creator who I've, I've been following for a little while. It's like who's um, done some really interesting nonfiction stuff, and that is um, Box Brown. He is a um, it's like Ignace and Zirk, um, like award-winning cart- cartoonist who has done um, three. Um, original graphic novels that I have thoroughly enjoyed and one, um, collection of nonfiction that is, well, it's like I got, I, um, I enjoyed at least one of the stories from it. So there you go. But, um, but, um, Brox Brown's, um, three, uh, like major graphic novels, the ones that I, that I'm going to tell you right up, I think they're all worth reading. They're about, um, Andre the Giant, Andy Kaufman and Tetris. So there you go. But, you know, start off, um, in chronologically, at least, um, Andre the Giant, um, life and legend is a story, you know, like of the famous wrestler. And, you know, it's like, you either know him from his, um, legendary wrestling career where he was like, you know, the, the legendary, um, like giant, giant strong man, who, like who towered over all of his foes in the ring. It's like who, um, and who was eventually like, you know, body slammed by, um, Hulk Hogan and they met in a, uh, it's like an, Famous um, WrestleMania match, or like his um legend, or his um great performance in the the Princess Bride, which you know, if not the um best um performance um by a wrestler in a movie, is at least the best movie um you know starring a wrestler. So I'll, I'm I'm going I'm going I'll go to the mat on that. I love the Princess Bride and and Andre the Giant was perfect in that. So, but um Life and Legend is basically. You know, it's it's not really a uh, it's like a, a narrative at least. It's basically a, a collection of lots of um of uh, little anecdotes of um like of of um of Andre's life. Whether like it was um you know the time that um the playwright Samuel Beckett drove him to school, it's like or when he was um working as a mover, it's like and um was able to just like you know carry um cribble stuff up the wall, it's like it's like like up the building or when he um. Like um, a hooker, and she told him about how he'd be a great great wrestler. It's like, and there you go. It's like, and um, it's like, and how that eventually led to him just you know, like like um, going like like that. It's kind of like a crazy thing, but it did lead to him, um, uh, like gaining international fame and also a doctor's examination in Japan which basically revealed his um, terminal medical condition, acromegaly, which is when um, your pituitary gland doesn't stop secreting the growth hormone. So basically, yes, you'll become like a giant among men, but you are also condemned to um, dying at an early age because, you know, the body can't support like this, it's like this way, whi- like um, this growth. But um, Andre, um, like, Take he took it he took it in a stride. It's like and um it's like he it's like he um it's like he leveraged this to become to become a legendary to become a legendary wrestler and also um to um help and also to um help um like like gain fame to the uh like to the um WWE, you know, back when it was the W W F. It's like as well. It's like and one of the uh fun things about the story is how um, Bar- Brown gets into the um, uh, um backstory of wrestling, talking about the. I mean, because okay, when it's easy to say wrestling is fake, but you know that's that's not the point. I mean, the wrestling is wrestling is kind of like performance art, like that that gets um people that gets people involved in this like it's like in the uh, it's like in the action that's that's going on in the ring. It's. It's like it's um, ca- it's calculated um, commercial storytelling that's designed to um, like evoke maximum emotions like in it's like in it's like in the audience in its participants it's like and you know it's like I've I'm not really a wrestling person but the thing is like um, a lot of the uh, as a um, big comics fan I realize that the uh, fandom of comics and wrestling um, intersects a lot so. So it's like it's so I've um like gone to know more about wrestling than um than I would have otherwise. But um but so listen to so, um you know so when you say that, you know, okay, wrestling is fake, I say, yeah, sure, but you know, it's like as long as it's delivering um good, compelling stories, then you know, there's there's really no problem with that. And like a lot of the anecdotes that um Brown shares, whether it's like he's de- deconstructing a uh it's like a match um between um it's, like, between, um, Andre and, um, Black, Black Goldman and the Great Goliath. So, so, like, that's, you know, that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. It's, like, and, um, also, all, then there were the, um, other just, like, random stuff, like, when, um, it's like, uh, when, the cops are called on Andre to, um, arrest him for just, you know, like, being a nuisance at a bar, and they realize, hey, yeah, we can't actually fit the handcuffs on this guy. Or the time when he was, um... When he had to fight, um, Chuck Webner, who was the basis for the, for the, uh, for, um, for the film Rocky. It's like, and, um, he didn't know what was going on. It's like that. like, that's still, that's still pretty fascinating. It's like, and, you know, it's like just, I mean, Andre the Giant Life and Legend, it's like, isn't really, uh, like a narrative story. It's mostly a collection of like really interesting anecdotes. It's like about, um, it's about Andre's life. It's like, and, um, and on that level, it's like, it works pretty well. It's like, it, it, it works pretty well. I mean, like, like Andre had, like, a really, it's had a really interesting, fascinating life, where it's just, you know, just, this giant of a man, it's like, who, um, who had lots of, lots of fame, it's like, and lots of, um, all, lots of, um, inter- interesting stories, like, from, just from his, either from his, like, um, fame as a wrestler, or from, like, his time as, from his starring role in *The Princess Bride*, which is um, which is also touched upon here. In fact, um, there's a uh, there's a bit when um, it's like uh, oh, oh man, what was it's like? What was the part when? Um, oh yeah, um, apparently during the film, cor- course of the film, his um, um, Andre's Vartay was like forty thousand dollars. So there you go. That's the kind of crazy stuff he was. It's like he like that, that he, uh, that, that he inspired while working on the film or just the fact that, you know, there are sometimes when, um, when, um, start one of the stars of the film, Robin White, she was really cold and, um, Andrew just put his hand over her head to warm her up. And, um, yeah, it's like, this is, it's just so weird that it was true or the fact that, you know, when, um, like he caught her in one of the climax, climactic portions of the film, he said, um, Oh yeah, I can catch her, but you know, like maybe we need to lower the scaffold for the next take. So, so I mean, like the story. So I mean, it's just like a, in mean, um, life and legend is it's like like it's, it's kind of a ramshackle tale, but it's one that like that gets by simply the fact that, that um Andre lived a very fascinating life, and um Brown um like does a good job in just conveying like the uh, the many varied tales of his. It's like, it's like of his, it's like of his life. It's like, and there you go. So, so it was. So, like, I enjoyed it. I mean, no, it's not a, a, a coherent one, current story that like you know, that um, leads into like a um, that lends itself to like a eventual narrative. But you know, it's like it's it's pretty entertaining in and of itself. So there you go. Now, um, I want to jump ahead a bit for um his for his um third graphic novel. And that's, um, is this guy for real? The unbelievable Andy Kaufman. Now, if you're familiar with Andy Kaufman, you know about his penchant for, um, you know, messing with people's perception, perception of reality. It's like, and just wondering, like, you know, wait a second. Is, is what he's, is this guy serious? Like, is this, like, is what he's doing actually, actually believable? Or is he just fucking with us? That's, that's, that's kind of, kind of confusing. Whether he was like trying to convince us, you know, that he that that his performances as um like as um lounge singer Tony Clifton were actually it's like actually real, or if that um it's like that that um sequence in um what Fridays it's like was um where he it's like where he um like addressed the audience was uh it's like like was in character was believable. So it's like it's. So it's like, you know, it's like Coffin is a guy who, like, who, like, who loved to um, mess with people's perception of reality. And if you've got, like, if you've heard anything about his story, it's like, then, then there's, like, some of the stuff, like, at the beginning, especially at the beginning, is going to seem, um, like, pretty familiar, it's like, and, um, you know, kind of, kind of repetitious. Um, thing is, though, it's like that instead of providing, like, while, well, um. Oh, well, Brown does provide, you know, like some, like a fairly perfunctory story, like of, um, Kaufman's lo- like early years, it's like in later years as well. Um, where the, it's like where the story, um, really, um, breaks new ground as far as I'm concerned is, um, is in detailing, um, Kaufman's, um, affection for wrestling. Now, Kaufman was an infamous, um, wrestler, um, for the fact that he was a, uh, inter, like, he was kind of the intergender, um, wrestling champion that had, and how he, um, pro- proclaimed himself like you know, like women could never, it's like, um, like, like wrestle as good as, as good as a man. It's like, but, you know, it's like, does this volume make as this, graphic um, makes clear, like, this is all put on. It's like, it was just like him, you know, playing the, like the, uh, the total heel type, um, character that, um, he had seen before. It's like in, like many other wrestlers, and it's also acknowledged that you know that Coffin really liked um, women wrestlers, and that a lot there was a lot of um, preparation, like like in, like um beforehand to make sure that his uh, <coughs> arousal like during these fights um was not was not made clear. So there so there you go. But um, the real interesting meat of the story is in his um his uh, relationship with um Jer- with Jerry Lawler. Um, who was a famous um, Memphis wrestler it's like at the time and um someone who like who um like who understood what Kaufman was going for it's like and um could, it's like understood that you know hey it's like you know that that what he was doing was um like like both part part of wrestling and could be good for for the sport at least it's like I mean his like his feud with lawler is examined like in great like in great detail here just from his like um like his like his taped like his taped taunts to it's like um two lawler's um crew in to, like in memphis and um to, like and also um the uh the infamous um it's like um Lawler waller punch it's like uh to, like in it's like on like on david letterman it's like in the early 80s in fact it was also mentioned that you know like the uh the whole Coffin um, Lawler feud was the first time that people had actually, you know, really believed that you know, like that, that something interesting was genuine for a good long while. It's like it, it actually done more to el- to elevate interest in the sport, like, than than anything at the time. It's like, and that's and you know, even if like the uh, the Lawler, bi- the, sorry, the Coffin biography stuff is fairly straightforward and familiar. It's like um this. Like, i think this one is interesting if for nothing else then for like then for like i'm um, attaching um like how like you know Kaufman's um you know like love of wrestling and how it influenced his um like his stand up and his performance art as well it's like it's so yeah it's like it's if it's probably not like a good comprehensive take on um on Kaufman but um it's but for the um one specific area that it does zero in on it's definitely worth your time now but you know it's like i guess well so like i say well i think these these the uh, like on brown's like three main graphic novels are really worth your time if you can only buy one buy tetris the games people play this is an illuminating story about um the about i mean he does try to um uh, make some points about you know how people, like, like the importance of play and competition in people's life, but, no, like, the real, the real compelling story, more than anything else, is how, it's like, it's like, is how he, um, like, fully illuminates the story of how Tetris um, came to the world, how it was first um, developed by a Russian programmer, Alexey Pachitnov, it's like, in the mid-80s, it's like, and it officially, um, like, you know, spread throughout, it's like, you know, like spread throughout Russia and Eastern Europe and then to um like certain um companies in it's like in it's like it's like in the in the free world. And um th- but it's also but and also the um he digs deep into how the um like it's like how some of these companies like thought they had the rights to it, but then find out that they didn't. It's like such as um Spectrum Holobyte in the U it's like in the UK and Tengen it's like um, in in the U.S. and also just how um Nintendo was able to swoop in and um not just what not just Nintendo but uh, also through but Nintendo through a guy named Hank Rogers um who um was a, a key um Famicom um guy it's like in the mid '80s who also helped um bring one of the uh, like first um like console RPGs to to Japan like in the Black Pearl. So like and how he um, helped um, negotiate the rights to get for, for Nintendo to get Tetris for the Game Boy and then for uh, like for the NES as well. So it's um a, it's a really fascinating story just to find out all the um the backdoor dealings that went on. It's so like and how and the contract law bits about how you know like some people thought they had the. The rights to um specific things about Tetris, but they actually didn't, and how um Russia you know realized this and thought that hey you know you know maybe maybe Nintendo would be the best person to go with this. I mean it's if you're familiar with um, Nintendo's handheld history, you'll you'll realize that you know without um, Tetris, the Game Boy probably would not have been the uh, monster hit that it was. I mean sure you know Pokemon came along. Um, at, towards the end of its end of its life, and I'm um, changing tone course forever, but you know, without Tetris to um, be that you know killer app for the Game Boy, we might not have ever had you know that that you know Game Boy success that would have led to Pokemon. So it's so it's like I said, it's a really fascinating, compelling story, and I was also really surprised to learn um, about um, Pagetov's fate. Um, by the end of the story, because I thought that you know we were heading towards a uh, tragic um, end for this, where the creator is never recognized for um, like for what he's done, and while there is tragedy to the story, um, Brown is is not, is nothing if not faithful to you know the core of the story itself. I mean, to the actual events of like you know what happened to all the key players here, but you know it's like there's there's actually happiness and tragedy in unequal measure here so it's like i mean i've also heard some people like say they're kind of like um unhappy with how the tetris company has handled things but reading um tetris the games people play it's like it's hard to um argue with how like with how things turned out it's like and i um and i really commend um brown for doing this for um for his rigorous research here, I mean sure yeah it's like I mean I can understand his like his desire to um you know link um games or video gaming to a larger culture of um like, like people of um play b- and competition to give the story more resonance. But really, it's like the story is um absolutely worth reading simply for the um deep dive he does into who got the text who got the Tetris rights. And um, how they taking uh, how they disseminated it throughout like throughout the world. So and yeah, just just un- just just telling us all about like you know, like you know, who got Tetris and um what they uh, and how they got it. So there you go. So yeah, Tetris the game you play is if you're gonna buy one box brown book after this, buy Tetris. Now, one of the things that I did want to um that I'm actually glad we kind of like um, had to postpone recording this for a bit to, uh, talk about Cause, um, a Brown, at well, least three, um, graphic novels, um, are what Brown is probably best known for. It's like, they're all nonfiction works. He's also got a fiction collection of fiction called an entity observes all things published from his, um, imprint on um, retrofit big planet. This is a, uh, collection of stuff. He's published in other magazines and uh, as well as like stuff that he's like you know he did short stories that he did for this. I mean they're all you know science fiction types type stories. The first one talks about a guy who um, has to relive um, it's like a specific encounter with his dad, it's like as part of his um, as part of his um ther- like um as part of his therapy, and like others like ha- like um ha- like deal with um people, people trying to explore different, like, um, un, like undersea places or, um, like creatures, like on planets observing, like how humans react to certain things. It's like, it's, you know, fairly standard, like all comics stuff. That's, you know, it's, it's different. I mean, like as someone who, uh, who, who you know, admittedly concerned consumes lots of some superhero stuff, um, as his main diet. It's like, I I can appreciate, you know, like Brown's efforts to do stuff different differently here, but, um, was it necessarily better than, um, some of the stuff that I've just read recently? Um, on one hand, I, 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 have to say no, because it's, 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 it's just kind of like, you know, different, but vaguely depressing. And, okay, yeah, I can understand, like, if we want to leave stuff up to ourselves to, like, figure things out, but still, it's like it's not, not entirely satisfying that way. To be honest, like, the, the story that really got me interested in me the most was the second one, Mundo Jelly, where a guy is um, recording a podcast on a, uh, it's like on a foreign planet, where... Um, It's like where, um, it's like where Star Warriors fought, like, or Mecha, Mecha fought against, um, aliens, and, um, left this, uh, like, weird, um, jelly-type substance, like, on the planet, and, um, this guy's gonna try to consume it with waffles, um, like, for the purposes of science. I mean, the, uh, this is probably the one that, like, has the most human engagement out of all the, uh. The stories in the in the volume, just this guy, you know, trying to figure out, you know, like what's this, it's like you know what, like uh, it's like is this um, like is this taste of this so delicious that it'll that it'll kill me, it's like I have to, I have to find out. It's the most, like I said, it's the most relatable of the bit, and like the most, To <laughs> me, the most humorous and entertaining of them. So, so yeah, it's like um I really wanted to pick this up because I was wondering like oh wait a second he's probably done more than just these three graphic novels so but um as far as like you know an entity observes all things it, to show that you know his fiction is that to show that box Brown's fiction is more interesting uh, and compelling than his um, nonfiction to be honest not really I mean I'm not Upset that I bought it. I mean, I'm kind of glad that I, I picked it up, if only to have like a reference point for you know like what he does for his fiction versus his nonfiction stuff. And you know, it's like it's, like I said, it's not bad. I mean, if you want, if his next project is going to be like a straight up fiction, like or even a multi-volume fiction work, then I, I pick it up. Just you know, just to see, you know, just on the basis of the fact that his. um like his nonfiction stuff is still great. I mean, like I, he's clearly not a profi- prolific writer, but he's definitely one that I'm going, like that I wanted, um, like know more about. It's like I mean, he's like he's picked some really interesting subjects to uh, like to follow so far, and as far as like you know what are fiction he does next, well, it's like like I said, it's an entity observes all things, isn't bad, but it's not you know as good as nonfiction stuff. I'd still, I'd still want to pick up, you know, like whatever, um, fiction stuff he does, just to see if I like, can get, like eventually match the quality of his nonfiction. But in the end though, it's like, um, Andre, the giant, um, is this guy for real and are, are both worth buying as it. And definitely is Tetris because Tetris is like the best of them. But um, all three of his um, nonfiction works are definitely worth um, adding to your library. So there you go. That's my thoughts, Um, John. Like I know you're still out there, so um, any thoughts on your end? No, sounds like I need to go and check those. Sounds like some good recommendations, you know. Um, So. you know, I think it uh, sounds fascinating, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's so. like, um, get Tetris, or else maybe it will it might wind up as part of your Christmas gift. I don't know. <laughs> so you know what you're going to be talking about next time. Yes. Um, it's Next time is probably, unless I decide otherwise, it's most likely going to be a kill or be killed, the latest joint from um, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips. All right, we'll catch you next time on Comic by the Click. Right, laters.